So today is a tech day, and I'm going to pick up where kind of where I left off on the last tech day, which you'll hear in the uh, backlog what it really was. And I'm going to kind of go through this process between today and tomorrow about um, how to actually tokenize assets and like what today is going to be about what technology is needed. And I'm also going to explain the difference between what assets can and cannot be tokenized. So today's backlog is going to be a lot of um, kind of what I already discussed. I'm just going to break it down as quickly as possible. So the last tech day, I talked about how um, open source technology, open source data, and open source in general has really caused major of the tech booms that we've seen. Um, they cause innovation uh, to be able to fat, be faster and more, you know have broader strokes of different versions. Um, the, the crypto day right after I talked about like different cryptocurrencies and how a diff- you know, having differences in the ecosystem makes a huge difference in uh, everything we have because it, it helps spawn more innovation and that that's really what it came down to is um, the, the more open source technology we have the, the more innovation can be possible and the more diversity we have the more people will strive to increase and have new things in diverse ways and again that just causes more innovation and so I mean that's that's really all you really need to know I mean like we're going to be talking about a lot of um, both proprietary and non-proprietary softwares and operating systems um, we're going to be talking about like using your cell phone to tokenize assets and how you can actually run an entire business off your phone um, we're going to talk about the technologies needed to tokenize assets I'm also going to explain what can and cannot be tokenized because some assets just cannot be tokenized and I'm also going to give you the reason why. So basically everything um, we're going to talk about can be done on a, a pretty cheap Android. You can get one Walmart, eBay, Amazon, Best Buy, I mean just about everywhere they're, they're so uh, used quite often. Like a lot of times in other countries other than like um, Europe and America and China, there's tons of Android still. Uh, one, probably one of the most used phones in the unregistered markets. So everything we're talking about, you can pretty much do on Android. Now you want to get an Android that has an NFC capability. And if yours doesn't, you can still get an RFID NFC reader and writer that can plug into your phone. They do exist. They do happen. You might need an OTC, which is just a small piece uh, like kind of like a, an adapter that goes from USB to the USB of your phone input. And those normally have a way to actually help ensure that data is being transferred so you can actually directly connect to the device. And then using free apps on Android like NXP uh, Tag Writer, you can actually start to write to these NFC technologies. And uh, the other technology that you could be using is Bluetooth 2.0 or Bluetooth low energy. And that just allows for higher end commands and stuff like that being able to be processed through the Bluetooth technology. And some of the Bluetooth technology that you might use to tokenize an asset, um, if you know how to solder and desolder and stuff like that and read schematics, you could actually like write to it. And then in some cases, you'll be able to desolder something 
or re or two sought or something, which then will lock that information so it can't be changed or removed or adjusted. Most NFC and RFID technology, you can actually purchase some that can only be written to once, or like NXP uh, tag writer and a lot of other tag writers and NFC writers actually have a way to click. You know, you can set an option so in the code you can lock it. Now that doesn't always mean that a hacker isn't going to be able to unlock it because they probably can on both of you know Bluetooth and NFC. But the reason why we're saying this is because um, using NFC is basically like storing small amounts of data to something that's basically an antenna. And that antenna is how your phone is interacting with it or how the box is interacting with it. Um, so computers can interact with it as well. If you have a box, you know, you have a, a reader. Um, ser uh, wireless chargers use NFC technology to charge your phone. So that might help you as a better idea of like what really is NFC? Um, if you've ever seen it in a, in a shop or market where it says uh, smart post or scan this to get this or scan this for um, exclusive video promo trailer or something, that's NFC technology. It really is. And um, the, the great thing is about the technology is it's just a, a really small microchip and some metal that's used as an antenna. So... If you wanted to like put and tokenize your shirt or tokenize the shoes or pants or clothing, you can actually, you know, uh, put the wire in the clothing. You can actually put it in the wrist cuffs, you can put it in the hoodie, the sleeves, you can put it in a spot, coiled. And coiled just means that it's a smaller um, form factor where it's more. Um, into like a circle or something or a square it's more uniform um, embedding it into like the cuff or something you're actually coiling around the edge of the cuff multiple times so that way it makes its own good good antenna and uh, but uh, using a coiled one or a sticker or something like that that you can actually embed you know sew into the fabric or whatever underneath a, a small layer or something so it's, it's not seeable but you could maybe you could actually uh, board with something around there to show people hey look there's this here and that would allow people you know that allows you to say okay this here's the proof this is on the app the blockchain and the whole reason why you need that proof is just having like a, a certificate of authentication or this little thing you know maybe it's a tiny little card that comes with it with nfc on it or whatever they actually make nfc cards um but even that can be faked, duped, copied, you know, because it's a, they can physically get a hold of it, which means they can manipulate it. Someone can purchase what you got, pull that out, put their own card they made in that looks just like yours, and then resell it without anyone knowing. And it could be completely fake shoes inside or a completely fake product inside, but they won't know because the authentication would be seeming legit, even though it's not. And they can even go as far as like, make a copy of the NFT they got to match the fake one and then resell the fake product. So that's why embedding it into clothing or anything like that is very important. If you have electronics and you have a backside of an electronic or something, you can actually put the NFC on the inside electronic 
you know, close it up or whatever. And so then they'd have to break open the electronics. So the ideal is to try to make it a more difficult for someone to retreat, to change or retrieve the information. Because a smart hacker will, they'll pull out that sticker, put it in the fake, they'll pull out the real one, put it in the fake one, seal the real NFT. You know, that, so that's it. But if they have to break into it, they're more or less likely to do it. Not saying they won't, just less likely to do it. And at this point, you still don't know what we're connecting for proof or anything like that. But you do need to understand that these NFC uh, technology, it's a sticker or it can be a wire or antenna. It, it is versatile. There's multiple different kinds. You can get them in cards. You can get all these different form factors. And you can do it on your own. Um, I don't know of any uh, clothing company that will do it for you. But it's only a matter of time before that starts becoming a thing. And was it kind of starting to see more technology infused with clothing and brands and merch, purses and stuff like that on major brands. So uh, if you get into it now, you're kind of ahead of the curve. So now we need to talk about um, what actually are we connecting? So what we're connecting is a physical NFT on the blockchain. That's a non-fungible token or a token that is unique. Now, with like Rebel.com, Mintable.com, NFT Beyond, like you can actually make you can make one NFT and have tons of copies. Um, now, NFTs do exist on other blockchains. I mean, they're not just on Ethereum. They're also on Wax. They're on, there's Bitcoin NFTs. There's, um, I believe, some form of Ra uh, Raven NFTs. And pretty soon we're going to see like Monero NFTs, Privacy Coin NFTs, or, or Pirate Chain NFTs. So we're, we're looking at seeing these appear quickly and so now you have this point where it's like either you can make a public accessible nft which means anyone can access the, the the information on that nft they can see the wallet it's in they can see who owns it who sold it where it's been or you can get a private nft which to be honest at the moment i don't you'd have to do a lot of work on your own to get that because there's no easy way to make a private nft at the moment and so um those are your two NFT options. And now public is the most common one because that allows for more proofing. So basically, if someone was to purchase it and then resell it, well, we can prove they resold it on the blockchain. And places like Rebel.com will actually allow you to set royalty. So if someone resells it, you can actually set royalty 100%. It basically makes them go, well, if I sell it, I don't get nothing. So it's not worth selling, but some people still might. And the idea behind that is if you sell your product through the NFT, which means when someone purchases the NFT, there is a way locked into that NFT, like an unlockable or a uh, blockchain locked data, which there's two platforms on uh, Ethereum that does that. The unlockable is at rarebull.com, and I don't remember the name of the other one. It's not nearly as common. And, you you know, just to get an account at Rebel.com, you just have to have a wallet address, have it connect to your Web3 browser or the, you know, wallet in your extension of your browser. Because not all browsers are Web3 browsers. Opera is a Web3 browser. MetaMask is a Web3 browser. Um, Bit2 browser is a Web3 browser. So, I mean, there's, there are Web3 browsers where they actually directly are browsers that have a wallet built in and connect to the blockchain. They can handle everything for you. So 
and you might want to make sure you have security on that but uh so this nft on like let's just go with rebel.com for example say you're on rebel.com and you you have your nft you have a way for the person to contact you locked into the nft and it can be as simple as like a picture link and when they click it it goes to send an email and they can email you and then you just have to choose how you get that email or whatever you can also have it set where it sends to your spreadsheet if you're using google through google scripts there is a way to receive messages through google spreadsheets and um for the person the user sending it it's not that is it's just like a form boom sent um you can use forms like an it's an application free off android and they can talk to you know and basically it would direct them to a private form page and they can fill it out and send it to you and then boom and the ideal behind that is having a um universally able capable um way to contact you is there is another way to contact you but having this form allows reselling of the product and that doesn't always mean reselling of the product they own but reselling the nft for someone else to have a way to purchase the product or to receive the product as well and again if your royalties are set to 100 percent um, in the description of the of the NFT, you can actually describe rule sets for allowing resells, not resell, and how that works. You can also, if you really want to get technical, you can build a smart contract to control the reselling. And if it can be sold, NFTs on Ethereum. And I think they also a lot of the stuff that works on Ethereum works on Tron, so vice versa. So you can have this um, smart contract control. If someone can resell it, or if they do resell it, there's like a minimum price they can put, which means if someone, they put a price on it, someone tries to buy it, and it doesn't make that price, it will not transfer. It will not transfer. And then it really comes down to you and this reseller, or the the, the new buyer and the reseller, the, all the liabilities on them. But you'd have to describe that information and say that that's their show proof of the contract, so you'd have to link the contract in the description. And that's not a problem, but for most people who are not going to do that, they're just going to set uh, royalties to 100%. They're going to put in uh, e you know, probably an email link, text link, or picture link for someone to be able to email them information. Now, like I said, there is another way to get information from the user. So because it's public data, you can see when it gets sold, you can see who bought it. You On Ethereum, then you can then send them a message with a little bit of Ethereum signing the way to contact you okay and one of the best ways to do that is the exact same thing we just talked about where you give them your e an email address or a form app website or something like that but another thing they can do is they can use like private paper or other things that allow you to like secure and lock data inside of a link and then they can they can send you a message of the exact same amount crypto or I mean, ethereum or whatever you know some dust or something send it back to you and have a secure way to actually transfer you their information and so that is possible um and there are ways if you know solidity you could actually embed that into the unlockable section as a uh api link and so then they would click it they'd go to this little spot they put, put in text they'd hit send and it would just you know, automatically go okay you're about to send trans you're about to transfer ethereum back to the part you just bought this from and really it's not the person you bought it from it's the person who originally created it the the person tokenizing the asset and so now you know 
how to get the information from the user to send that person your product. So now your NFT, your non-central token, which has a little picture of the product or maybe a 3D version or something or AR, VR thing. And then it has a description, it has details and it might even have like, like I said, um, uh, liability and contract data information, whatever. Not a problem. And then it has an unlockable section or it doesn't have an unlockable section. And then, you know, so when someone purchases this NFT, it is a way to purchase the product. And that's any good NFT uh, embedded data should be like that because unless they have some way of saying, okay, once it's transferred to you, you cannot move it out of your wallet. That, that's the only other option. And then if that person actually resells this physical product that they receive from you, there's no way they could resell the NFT, thus they proving they originally bought it, but kind of killing some of the experience. Now, uh, there are... Uh, soon to come out eventually in the next couple of years we're going to see more private nfts and a private nft that there are such thing as walletless nfts nfts that don't exist in a wallet and so you could you know be able to put these into it uh, a walletless nft into your product to where the actual product is the nft itself and it doesn't exist anywhere else it's 100 percent unique and I know a lot of that hasn't really came out yet, but it's still doable at this day. Like you can actually go out and build one right now if you know how, or you know someone who, who you can pay someone who knows how. And so um, minting your NFT, it really is up to you how you want to do it. Um, I, I recommend multiple all the time, you know, Rarible, Mintable, um, Beyond NFT, probably three great ones. If you're on Wax, you're gonna wanna go to Atomic. But there is another one like Simple um, Tools or something like that. Simple Ledger. No, no, just Simple. I think it's called Simple. My bad. Um, and then if you're going outside those two blockchains, you really got to actually do the work yourself, which not that great. It's not a platform you just go to, click, 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 boom. Um, so having those NFTs either be physically in the product through the actual NFC. Um, now, so the way to do that, say, okay, I want to, we already described how to put NFC stuff in, right? Coiled or, you know, an actual antenna that you coil through the, the product itself. So say we have the coiled pro coiled NFC embedded in a, in a clothing with, you know, the logo over it or whatever. Um, we want to put the NFC, I mean, the NFT inside the NFC. Cool. Um, you'd actually make a wallet, send the NFT that you built to represent that piece of item that one physical item and you would then send it into that wallet and then you would basically put the private keys of that wallet into that clothing so now that would be one shirt one wallet one nft it's going to cost you a lot of money to actually do like a lot of money to do though that way um you could mass mint a single nft of that clothing item, which would make your cost cheaper, and then make a wallet per individual shirt, send the wall, send the you know the private keys to that shirt, and then send the NFT to that private to that key, that public key. That's still doable, and all of that can be done through automated process and computers, and like you believe it or not, you don't actually gotta be a human to make an NFT 
and you don't got to be a human to be able to send transactions and so like it can be a hundred percent automated so if you want to maybe you know, like you go to teespring or redbubble or cafe press and you get all these these clothings made and then you get them sent you know you basically just order a bunch of samples or you just order a bunch of your own shirts you know samples if you make the product ordering the sample allows you to get it at cost so you're not actually having to pay yourself you're just paying for what it costs to have it made and sent to you so you're paying the other end you don't normally see when a regular person buys it um and then that allows you to then embed in information technology whatever and then you can sell you know you're you're on your red bubble whatever you can sell to everybody the non-nft version and then like on ebay or amazon or on your own store um, you can actually sell the nft version and then also if you want to sell the nfts publicly on like wearable or on the blockchain or publicly online not just as the clothing but as the actual nft and then someone buys the nft you send them one of these that's also possible also doable and so um that's kind of the, the steps right there either you got to do the wallet itself put it in there and that's all privatized that's all inside of it so you don't have to be like oh well I used the same private key for 100 shirts. Now, you'd have 100 private keys for those 100 shirts, and then you'd make 100 copies. Like, when you go mint that NFT, you'd say, okay, I need 100 of these. or And then, yeah, then you can send them to it. And there's even a way, um, there's actually a, um, a way where you got to know a little bit of coding. There is a way to mint and distribute NFTs at the exact same time. And those, you have a little bit less options there. You won't be able to embed stuff or any code in an unlockable section or anything. But it's still possible. And if you're willing to take the time out, that will save you um, anywhere between 35 and 65% of cost for transferring and minting. Um, because there's a cost in each of those. And that's, you know, that's where all this different stuff comes from. Now, if you're offering a product that has an individual private key inside the product, that already comes with an NFT, which is of the product, you can sell that for a higher price than the ones on like the regular store, the ones that don't have that. So this actually allows you to have like a special edition that can increase the price of those because you're receiving more for it. And that allows you to recoup your losses. So basically you can get it set to where you're not losing anything no matter how you mint it, no matter how you distribute and how you transfer it. You just have to have the money ahead of time to do that part. And it is possible to say, okay, we're offering these NFTs, but they're not for sale. So you have to buy the product. And then when you buy the product, we transfer one of the NFTs to you. And so buying the product actually pays for the transferring and and, and not the minting, or it does pay for both. And then you have a bunch of one-to-ones where you basically have a template of your NFT that you're going to mint per time you sell this product and then when you sell the product you know even automatically it could use the template make the nft and then transfer it to the proper uh private key or the proper public key to for the private key that's embedded in the in the actual product and so like it could be set up to a way where um the person can make a purchase online you can mail it off and Everything else is already done. Like basically, the private key would already be in the NFC. So you already did that ahead of time. You just put the private key in there. And then you have a list. Okay, I sold shirt number 1101. I am going to, you know, 
the, the computer is going to you just type in okay one one zero you put in which shirt was sold the model number whatever boom and then the computer goes oh, okay let me automatically use this template make this and send it to that proper according public key so the computer only needs the public keys you know or your phone actually you can still do all of this on your phone you can still have google scripts on spreadsheets do all the work and there's also free versions of spreadsheets that just like google and some that still have scriptability so it's 100 percent can be done on a cell phone i keep referring back to computer because most people use computers for these things and but you know you can get shopify and you can do some automated processes through shopify all on your phone you can get uh, my favorite is rockr.net um, it's a shopify clone and it kind of uses like a lot of the back end but you have to do a bit more on your own, but there's still so much you can do and it's free to use. So, you know, they might be, they might take a little bit off the top of every purchase or whatever, but free to use, crypto available and fiat available. So it really allows you to, to go the same distance as Shopify, but uh, free to use and then you pay as you go. And so really great for stars. And so, so far we've talked about how you can interact with the, NFCs, um, the different types of actual technology that can be used, what is considered good for attaching and not attaching, you know, not using a card is better than using a card for your NFCs, and um, then going as far as how to, um, like in the very generic way, how to mint this product in a way and get it to that actual individual product or whatever. Also, I believe we talked about how you can get information from the people you know through an unlockable section or through uh, lock the links and you send passcode through writing messages on the blockchain to the person um, there's also a company called Cointree where you know you can set up and they could actually uh, send you data and information but that's more public so you might want to be careful there um, you can also use you know products like private paper messenger uh, generator to you know if they can you know, send them there then they can generate you a very secure um, message send it to you in a locked link and then you know maybe through the blockchain uh send you the passcode or through the blockchain send you the locked link and through email send you the passcode like how they want to do it it's all and you but um so that's what we've gone over so what products can be turned into an asset so that's really the thing here over the years um people have tried to tokenize um gold it tend to it's like people tend to want to tokenize money or things that can be seen as money. Gold, silver, precious metals, jewels, actual money, um, coins, dollar bills, maybe rare ones, special ones, you know, thing, ones that have, you know, little problems with it that make them more uh, exclusively special. And if you think about it, um, money that has something wrong with it that makes it more exclusively special is like an NFT. Kind of, it's a non-fungible token Although that's actually fungible as well, if if you you know, and but you could actually sell a, a two dollar bill for more money than two dollars. That is a possibility, and you know there are coins out there where people will purchase the coin for the amount of silver in the coin or the amount of a certain metal in the coin because the price of that metal went up, and you can't tokenize those types of products. You can't tokenize money. You can't tokenize. Gold, but you can't tokenize anything that is regulated by your local, uh, your, your local city, state, or federal government. 
and that means like when you see people say we put gold on the blockchain and when you when you purchase these coins or this nft you own a certain percentage of this gold and this vault there's no way to prove any of that so you no, you cannot tokenize those assets and have built multiple types of blockchains every blockchain i've ever built new it was a new type of blockchain when i built it i build blockchains that have never existed before i build types of tokens that have never existed before i build tokenomic theories on uh real world principles that have never been done in the digital format before and i'm always that's why i'm a blockchain mechanicism expert and that's why i'm a tokenized uh tokenizing uh or tokenomic theory expert i mean i've done so many of them and i've seen how to do these things and there is no legal and proper way to put gold on the blockchain in no discussion i there are lots of coins out right now like you can go out there and you can purchase a coin and supposedly own gold but there's no way to even prove you actually own that gold and any nft and any coin where you have a tokenized asset some the the buyer has to basically kyc so if you think if you put on your website or anything anonymous purchasing no it's not you still have to know who they are to send them that product or and if you want to send them gold you if they want to do gold or something or precious metal or a jewel or anything like that, anything that's regulated well guess what they then have to report you to your government, your city, or your state, or all of them. And including, if they're not in the same country as you, or the same state, or the same city as you, they might even have to report to theirs as well, which also could report to other entities, and it can get really complicated real fast. So that's why, like, anything that you that secondhand own that is not regulated can be tokenized. Any uh, clothing, uh, merch, gear can be that's not regulated can be tokenized um so um reselling phones you can actually make special backs on any phone that the back comes off and uh you can you know customize it you, know, you can paint it and do all these different things to it and you can tokenize that phone and you can sell it to someone because you don't have to report oh i sold this phone to anybody you just have to send it to them you know <laughs> and uh shoes of Probably uh, shoes and toys and, you know, uh, jackets. Those are the ones we see people want and tokenized. We see people want, uh, they want a purse where anybody can scan this purse and see this NFT, but they know on the inside of a, of a different section of the purse where you can only scan from the inside, there's another chip that allows them to prove they own that. It, what that means is like like in this case you heard me right um a purse where you have two stickers in the purse one somewhere near the outside that can be scanned from the outside and the way you do uh scanning separation is okay, i put this nfc inside the purse it's right on the back side of the upper the, the very outer layer or there or there's a pocket and i put it on the inside of that pocket well you need to put um another piece of fabric or insulator and then you need to put a piece of like aluminum foil or a piece of metal and that allows okay i can't scan that from the other side i can't scan that from the aluminum side or the metal side i can only scan that from the fabric side and the reason why you want to have like a piece of fabric or something is because uh, metal can actually interrupt the uh the actual nfc and so you'd want if you're using like a sticker you have to stick the sticker to the fabric 
that is going to be between the metal and the sticker and then put that where it's the sticker side out towards the side you want it to be scanned. Um, and then on the inside of the purse, and a lot of times you'd want to make a hole, sew it, or make sew a pocket that specifically to this new NFT, maybe put a logo or something on it. And so you put the NFT in the same fashion where you stick it to a piece of cloth and there's metal on the other side of the cloth. And then, so the side that with the sticker, the NFC is facing upward. And then you, you can actually put that down, you know, sew it into the bottom of the bag or something. And so now you can only, be, it can only be scanned from the inside. And uh, NFCs have a really low range. So they're best for this. Um, so you can have like on the very back right hand side of your purse, uh, you know, the outside NFC with even maybe a little logo or something to show people you can scan here or whatever. And then on the inside, just the company logo could be the private one. And so in the private one, you would, you would basically, that'd be the wallet keys, right? The private keys. And on the outside would just be a link to that one specific NFT because NFTs are extremely specific. So if if I make this purse and we have these two NFTs, the NFT I send to that purse, right? I can then, after I send it to that purse and send that new private key, I can go to, like, say I did it on wearable, I can go to wearable, or I can use EtherScan or whatever, and I can find that individual NFT that was transferred to that lo new location, and it, like if it was rebel.com, I can actually use the link for it and put it into the outside or the Etherscan link to that specific NFT to the outside. So that means it's not to the, the, the holding address, it's to that NFT uh, location, the NFT address. And that will then allow them to see, oh yeah, I see right there, your wallet, and you just have a named wallet on Rebel. You have a named, you know, if you do a named Ethan wallet, uh, that doesn't show up for everybody. So, you know, um, putting your name on the blockchain doesn't actually create ownership rights for you or anything like that. So none of that really matters. And then if, if they own the private keys, they can, they can actually um, change the name or whatever and all these other things. So um, names on blockchain are irrelevant, but names on the platforms on blockchains are more relevant. So, you know. Um, and that, that way, that way people can really... Um, access this in new ways and then people can have interactions with it and so imagine somebody with this purse ideal right say I got a purse I got a shirt I got shoes all NFT certified all NFT embedded so I'm walking the street and someone's like oh damn that's a badass purse bro um, you know where'd you get it whatever and you thought like, oh scan this right here man scan this with your phone what Boop. it scans up brings up the website and they're like oh oh is this on rubble yeah it's on rubble man just Go to go to the uh, creators uh, uh, rubble and buy yours, you know, and then contact them to be able to send them so you can get it. And they'll be like, "Oh shit, fuck yeah, man, that's badass," you know. And so it's an interaction thing. And then you know you can like have your phone already in your purse or whatever. It's like you just kind of move around, scan it, open, get it ready. And then when they're like, "Well, can you prove to me you actually own it?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, let me pull up my my Ethereum, let me pull up my MetaMask browser, I'm going to show you on my wearable, there's me, that's mine, man, I got control of that, and boom, you know, like, it comes this interaction, and say, again, I got a shirt and shoes, so then you can be like, 
they'd be like, oh, man, that's really cool. It's like, you know, the shirt, it's got the, here, scan this right here, fast right here. Scan this on my shirt real fast. And they scan your shirt, and they're like, oh, wow, your shirt too? And you're like, yeah, I mean, these kicks down here, they got the same thing. Like, I got this little thing in my, my uh, right here in my shoes so I can, you know, the uh, tongue in my shoes so I can have my own certification myself. You know, it's right there, it's certified. Um, oh, yeah, on the bottom of the sole, there's this little, you know, sole button, this little rubber button thing that's been embedded into the sole. And you scan that, boom, you can see the public data of my, and, you know, just do a little, like, sidekick thing. We pull up your heel and you scan it. You know, it's like all these different things that can actually be done in these types of products. Or, you know, someone comes over to the house and they're at your home or whatever, and they're like, oh, wow, look at this entertainment system. This entertainment stand is really nice. It's, it looks absolutely elegant. And you're like, oh, you see this little metal trim going all the way around. Pull out your phone, turn on the NFC, scan it. What? And they scan it. Boom. It pops up showing that it's an NFT-based product. And they'd be like, oh, my gosh, this is NFT? And then, you know, with furniture, you could actually have it set up to where you put in, like, a little pie or something, like a pie nano with the data and a screen, a real small screen. And you can be like, yeah, look right here, man. Proof of the NFT right here on the screen. We plug it. We have to plug it in. I mean, we have to plug this entertainment system into the wall. That allows you to be able to put in a power port section into there as well, and allows you to do a bunch of different little things. But you can be like, yeah, look right there, man. Proof of. Or you can get um, digital paper that does exist. Yes, it does. Digital paper exists in two forms. Okay, so digital paper you have. Um, it does have a battery or whatever, but the length of time it takes to use that battery is very long. So. Regardless of that, you have uh, white space and black space paper. Uh, white space paper can be digitally set up, like you can go into a computer or whatever, your phone, and you can program what you want it to see or whatever, and then you can submit it to the chip, and then it will show. Um, dark space paper has to be done by hand. You have to physically do it, and then normally there's a way to delete that. Um, but if you get the dark space paper without it being an actual product, like a boogie board or a tablet or a hand trial and tablet or animator tablet, you actually get the actual product. There is a way to plug it into your phone, program what you want to do with it, write up on it, and then just never include the erase button. Now, that means people could draw on top of it, so you want to put it behind a piece of plexiglass or something. So there are other things you can do to se secure that. But it could be as much as like an mint number a wallet address, um, a QR, um, all these tiny little things you can do to really increase the, the security factor and still have it displayable public. And, and people can use it as a bragging right. People can use it as a share piece. People can use it as a marketing tool for you through their friends, family, blah, 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 online. So you can see pretty quickly how usable it is. It kind of does that word of mouth marketing very quickly, very quickly, and where and how you embed it can become the showpiece, it can become the, the privacy factor, and all these things, all these different things are possible. Um, even like if you want to, so you got a jacket and you want to put the public NFC in the, the cuffs, so people you can just be like, Yeah, scan right here on my cuff, man, and it will you'll scan it on your phone, and you can see the NFT that I hold because I own this, and they're like, Oh, wow, look at that. Well, on the inside, on a completely different side of the jacket, like on the where your zippers or something, you can actually have the personal NFT there. Um, you can actually put electronics in jackets and in purses. So you could do like the white space 
uh, digital paper with the QR. Boom. Yeah, just scan that QR with your phone, bro. Take a picture of that with you and, and check it up on Google uh, Photos and hit the little OCR and, and read that QR. Show them, tell them, find out where it goes. I mean, like all these different little things you can do and it can really add a new user experience to your Merc. It makes your Merc stand out. And if you're buying old products and NFTing these old products, you know, say you get a toy. It's a plastic toy. It's hollow. You can put NFT stickers on. You can open it up, put the NFT sticker and put it back together because people who restore toys commonly have ways to open up the toy and put it in there, put it back together. And I'm just thinking action figures. I'm thinking of like the 1990s action figures where the the body normally popped off in the waist, the legs popped off, and a lot of these like action figures and stuff, you get them, you get all the arms and legs and the head popped off, and if the torso pops off, you pop that off, and you can open up the chest plate, put your sticker on the front of the chest plate, you know, your NFT uh, sticker, put that thing, glue that thing back together, put all the pieces back in, and now you have an old toy, NFT embedded, that can be sold as an NFT, increase the marketability of people seeing it, increase the, the usability for people wanting to have it, increase its uh, entrance and since it's natural, you know, natural reason to have value, it can actually increase the value. Yeah, I got one of seven original blah 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 toys, but three of them have been NF have been tokenized on Ethereum. Imagine that, like people like, whoa, three of them are Ethereum tokenized. Why aren't the others? Because no one's done it yet. I haven't got, I I got, I got, say you got six of whatever, three of those are NFT tokenized. Like that makes those three stand out more to all of the others. Say there's seven of these in existence and three of them have tokenized. Why aren't the other ones tokenized? No one done it yet, man. So like that makes these more unique and then we can see age on the blockchain and things like that so like you can even say okay i originally purchased this on this day i made the nft i set it in it and boom there it is you can actually see when that was on the blockchain so i mean it just allows more of these security factors to prove validity of ownership validity of tokenizing and all these different little features that we don't actually have except for a fakeable changeable certificate of authentication even like the the hologram stickers have been faked over the years, and it's just those are the stickers where you put them on, and it's like a foil sticker, and so when you shine it through the light, change, it changes colors. Um, and there's like multi-layer holographic uh, imaging that you can get. You know, people make cards. They used to make these little cards, and they, you'd get them with your toy in the '90s, and like near the '95, '96, '97 era. And, and so when you move the when you move the card based on your view, it changes what picture you actually see. And so there are people that are actually making NFTs and then putting them into these and embedding the NFC inside of it. So not only does it hold its own NFT, it is its own NFT. And so those are like non-transferable NFTs. Like they put it in there and they have a contract making sure it cannot be moved after that point. And it's in a public key that no one has the private key to. And so owning this physical NFT, which is of your NFT, and a lot of times it, the NFTs are going to be like a little gift, whatever, so they make, that's why they use the, the layered images so they can 
uh, move it around and see the actual GIF in play, and then they can scan it with their phone and see the GIF on their phone. I mean, it makes a huge, huge thing. And um, yeah, so we have all these different features and all these different things. And uh, the the old-fashioned way of doing things, it's no longer any good. You know, there are people that have uh, tenfold holographic printers, so they can just print those little tin holographics. They get the designs online, they print it, boom, they have the exact same thing. Um, there are laminators that can put um, holographic, you know, color holographic uh, data inside of it. So you could actually put QRs that, that, you know, when you shine it through the light, you can actually see the QRs. So you can't really scan it that well, but you, I mean, you can see it. Um, and that, you know, that there's all these little things that people can do. And they've used them to like hack and, and products and you know, IDs or things before. And the reason why companies have like fake versions is because... Okay, so Nike or Nike is a bad example. Um, Sony is probably a bad example too. So Gucci and Coach and a couple other companies I I don't really want to mention too much. Um, actually, dozens upon dozens upon dozens of companies in America have done this, and I've seen some in Europe do this too in the past, where they go to a third world comp- country, they go to a country that hasn't have it's cheap labor and they build a factory and then eventually they stop using that factory well those that factory still has all the way all the stuff used to make that product they just keep making that product that makes it fake it's not really it's just not produced by a a, someone who has all the act who's supposed to be able to make it um all the stuff they're making is legit but it might not be legit to this day and well, if you, they had access to NFT technology, you'd be worried, right? Well, they a lot of times they do or sit in their pocket, but a lot of them won't know how to do it. And so if a company, a big company isn't doing this, and if someone on the small end is doing this, you could, you know, get product and sell it secondhand. So you could get coach purses and these other, and then NF, tokenize them. And then you could resell them and they'd be legit. But you could say this is a tokenized version. Now, Coach only makes so many purses a year, period. Imagine if you got one of those purses, tokenized it with a, a proper NFT to match it, maybe with a 3D imaging that you did on your phone with it, because they do make that. They do make 3D capturing the systems on phones for free. So you can capture real life things and put it digitally. That is real. That really does exist. And there, so there's all these free options to form these. And if you're thinking, well, the NFC sticker sounds really expensive. Like the more complicated you want it to be, it can be. But if you get a little coiled sticker that handles very little amount of information, it handles a couple of URLs or something, then yeah, you can pick up, you know, uh, I think, I think I was getting like five for 35 cents. But I had to get, you know, $5 worth at a time. So, I mean, like, you get hundreds of these things, hundreds of these things and for 5 bucks or whatever, and they last a long time. And so the, the more, you, the, the bigger bulk you buy your NFC stickers or whatever, the cheaper it normally costs. So, you know, um, there is a way to mitigate the cost. There's a way to put it back into the product. There's a way to reason for it to be more expensive. And um, from this point on, it's, really your creativity that will determine how much you can actually make 
off of tokenizing an asset or a product or your merch or something physical and that's that's really up to you now to determine if you can actually make more money doing something you might already do I hope that wasn't too much was everything in one go one straight shot um, I probably won't do that again next time I'll probably have it so you can go to when I do these type of things you'll be able to I'll break it down for you but um, tokenizing your product it's simple it's easy it's relatively cheap you know you can wait for the average gas price on ethereum to go down before you actually met and same thing before you actually transfer and so it, you can spend time setting up your tokenized product while selling non-tokenized the exact same product elsewhere um, I, I told you uh, I named off apps, I named off specific things, you know, rocketor.net, you know, NF, NXP, TagWriter. Um, I've named off specific things, you know, there are free QR makers and this and that. And um, really, like, how to even put these different ones uh, in different products to give you, uh, you know, representation ideals and try to help you out. Um, it's quite a bit of information in one go. You might want to re-listen to it a few times. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, the cost that it takes to tokenize a product, you know, it's generally between um, $1.50 and $9. Yeah. Now, at the same time, when you get closer to the higher end range, $9, Depending on how what you know what blockchain you're using and stuff, and if you're waiting for low gas price, whatever you know, nine dollars can be um, a couple hundred mints of an NFT. Um, nine dollars can be a hundred mints of an NFT and a hundred NFC chips. So I mean, how you mitigate your pricing and your your details will really determine your um, margin that you're going to get in the end, and then still. You know, if you have a um, $5 toy tokenized is not worth much more. You know, tokenizing it is only worth more the cost of tokenizing and the NFC maybe. But if you had got like a an old PlayStation or, you know, some old gear or your personal merch and it's like 50 bucks and up you can almost double the price for being tokenized. Um, and I say that because it is going to differ depending on what you're actually selling, the demand for that as well. Um, but if you notice that, you know, in online communities, the demand changes in IRL communities. So where you're normally marketing to for purchasing your products normally may not you may not be able to use the tokenizing as an additional market there, but marketing through you know the digital communities for the NFT uh, NFT products it could be a huge difference. You know if in the nerd scene um, Wolverine number fifty is a big comic to get, and that's in real life 
people you meet, people you go to Comic-Con to, they're going to be looking for this number 50 special edition ripped cover of Wolverine, um, number issue number 50, then that might not sell as a tokenized product because you'd actually have to ruin the integrity of that comic book to tokenize it, right? But on the digital side, if you notice, um, original Nintendo is this big thing getting an original Nintendo rather it's and a lot of times they want it to be where it works they want a working one so a lot of times people have to open it up clean it up and get it working anyway so it's kind of like a refurbished but they call it restored uh, original Nintendo they can play original Nintendo whatever and I've even seen people go nuts over original Nintendos that have you know they've been basically cracked where they have all the Nintendo games in an MU and ROM system inside of it so you just plug in your controller plug in the TV and you can play any game ever made from Nintendo Th- those are more tokenizable products because the digital the digital demand is higher and greater than the physical demand for it like you, you go to places where they're selling um, old uh, Nintendos and stuff they might not work and they don't sell but you go online and you go to these communities of Nintendo nerds and stuff or uh, just game collecting nerds and just game collectors and things like that, 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 that need for it is higher because they're going to want an original that works 100%. It is an original. They're going to want one that's never been touched, whether it works or not. And they're going to want one that's been restored, remastered, tokenized. And they're going to want that as well. And so you, you can take these different things and you've got to really look at the, the market demand and because you're tokenizing you can use that token as a marketing way or you can also use it as a way of purchasing it and so if you're you're going to take these items and you're going to market to real life people you're not going to want to sell the nft on top of it because it's going to be hard to sell the nft doesn't mean that you don't want to sell some so you might go, okay, I mean, I got 100 of these tokenized merch. I'm going to take 50 of them, and the token, the, the NFT is the extra you got for buying that from my online store or my in real life when you see me. And then I'm going to offer the other 50 NFTs that are available already. You know, they're going to be buyable right now, right? So people could buy them, get them, and then I'll send them this, this product as a perk for purchasing the NFT. And really the price of both the one you sell in real life and the one you sell online could be the exact same price. But um, that that doesn't actually make a difference. It just might make a difference in your point of view. So the NFTs that you're not selling are of the exact same NFT, but the ones you are selling are selling for the same price the product sells in real life. Um, and that's just the, the real deal to it. That includes shipping and handling and all that, you know. And so you got to really pay attention to who you're marketing what to. Um, not only, again, because the online buyers have a different demand than in real life buyers, but um, even as far as like crypto community buyers have a different demand. There is a higher demand for pies, raspberry pies, orange pies, banana pies in the crypto community than there is in the tech community. So you always have to 
kind of pay attention where your demand is anyways. And this is just letting you know that tokenizing the product can be done for a multitude of reasons um, and how you uh, market it, where you market it at, will determine the actual demand for that product. So you might want to do some research first to figure out where and how you might want to, okay, it might not be a good idea to buy ad space for a NFT on Facebook or Twitter, but it would make sense to buy that ad space on, you know, Rarible or, you know, ah, you know, Reddit or, you know, different places like that. Maybe the Wall Street Journal, um, Washington Times, you know, so it's like how you, you know, you might want to market the real life product to like Facebook, NFT to like Twitter. I know I was saying I said Twitter probably not the best, but like really depends on your, your pool on Twitter in that case or your company's pool on Twitter in that case. If your company is in crypto Twitter, it's going to be able to sell faster than if it's not in crypto Twitter. And plain as day, like your social influence is going also to affect this. And just like everybody right now, their social influence is going to affect their sales, going to affect how they sell, where they sell, why they sell, and what they sell. So don't be afraid to make some errors. But just remember, do your math, pay attention, where you're selling, how you're selling it. Because if you're saying, hey, look, this is a product that also comes with an NFT inside, that's a real life product. But if you're saying, hey, look, there's an NFT over here that if you purchase it, you can get the ability to receive that product. That's a digital. You know, so those are the same product, exact same thing. They both have the NFT. They both have the product. But how you're marketing it is different. And that's going to also change everything else from that point on. And yeah, that I think that's about it for marketing. It comes down pretty simple, but it's also not simple it's 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 something that seems seems complex but it's really not and it's going to take a little bit of research and a little bit of time maybe some trial maybe some questioning online and stuff posts and poll polls and things but you're going to get there and and if you take this route and you're you're doing this the best of your ability and people see it coming in and they see it done to the best of your ability then guess what that's going to help you in the end so don't be afraid to push yourself a bit more and try new things. Yeah, you now know how you can take a cheap Android phone with NFC uh, technology and how you can buy cheap NFC stickers and how you can start to tokenize products. You learn. Uh, you got to hear a few different ways or places you can go to do this. To, you know, unlockable, non-unlockable, uh, Ethereum, Wax, uh, Bitcoin, Raven, different places to do everything. The fact that there's public and private NFTs, although private ones are still being made, they can be done. And the easier you want to make this, the more it might cost you, but you can mitigate that cost through the cells. And how you, how you market these products, you can market the same product two different ways, depending on where you're marketing it at, based on information, that the, what, how it's more commonly to purchase things. You can 
buy items and then tokenize them and then sell them as a tokenized version of that product and it be that product and it doesn't even have to be your product it can be second hand and i even explain what can and cannot be tokenized just to make it plain and simple for people what can and cannot be tokenized and and if you're really at this point still curious and want to know more i do have previous talks about nfts tokenizing and i'm gonna have more because this is a major portion of my life right now is showing people you know how they can write an entire digital ebook and then put it in an nft where it never needs a publisher no more and how you can use these certain products and services online like private paper to actually write it in a private way to where it's completely off the server so there's no way to attack this and there's all these different little features that can be done and Ways you can resell products or get your money back from resells, 100% royalties, 50% royalties, all these different things. Well, you can set up a contract in an NFT description that says, look, resells are considered coupons and not purchases of the actual product. Or if they actually resell the product with 100% royalty over the price of the original, then yeah, you could, restate, the new owner could receive that product again, as long as you have another one to go. And so like all these things you just learned very quickly easily and so re-listening to this might be helpful but i hope you can actually get your product out there hope your nfts sell well and let's change the way everybody does things let's change what people and customers expect from the big block makers and the big distributors and the big companies because if the little people can cause a new demand in the big companies then there's a chance for these little people like me to get jobs in these bigger businesses and teach them how to do it. There's also, you know, like right now, I could have been trying to sell myself to smaller companies that don't can't afford to buy this information. Said I'd rather make a podcast of it, distribute that podcast any way I can, and then if people want to, you know, give me a tip or anything, they're going to find me. They're going to do that. They're going to. That's great. And if not, then I hope this is still useful for them because. Sometimes getting information out there, as you heard in the last Tech Talk, open source is key to innovation. So let's go ahead and innovate this form of technology, which is tokenizing physical products with this type of cheap and easy-to-use technology.